It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast with interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe DeArmond. All right, welcome back to another week of the PowerMizzou.com podcast. I'm Gabe DeArmond, Mitchell Forty here. The last week of the podcast where we kind of have to manufacture things to talk about because... Now it will be time for other people to manufacture things to talk about. SEC Media Days next week. We're going to uh, talk a little bit about that and uh, and some other things going on. But first off, want to remind you, this podcast is brought to you by Shakespeare's Events and Catering. If I mean, football's not too far away. If you're looking to have uh, you know parties, anything like that, Shakespeare's will cater your party. Anywhere from 25 people to 2,500 people, you order eight pizzas. You mentioned the Power Mizzou podcast. They're going to give you a 5% discount off their already discounted group rate. So do that. Um, you know, make your plans in advance. I don't know. We got past 4th of July. I don't really know what parties there are, but you don't really need an occasion. Exactly. Just throw a Shakespeare's party. Yeah, just just have a party this weekend and get eight pizzas. Mention the podcast. You're going to save money, and uh, and that will all be good. I do not know, Mitch, if they will deliver to Hoover, Alabama, though. Yeah, probably not. I, I assume the SEC is, is able to provide us with something decently nourishing and tasty. We'll mm, see. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> I feel like I do know that the Hoover, the Galleria, I know there's a Chick-fil-A there. I've had okay. breakfast there before. Yep, yep. Um, but it's generally edible food, at least at the, uh, at the media gatherings. Um, otherwise you can go to, what was the, what's the place that you went on the road last year that I had cookout? Oh, cookout is that's good. A, that's yes, a yes, Southern yes. thing. Yeah. 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 Cookout's like a Southern fast food thing. They have like a bunch of combo plates and whatnot. I walked there the day of the, was that the day of the Alabama game? <laughs> it it could have been. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, uh, so Yeah. Uh, Mitch will inform us all of his, uh, you know, food choices when he comes back from Hoover. That w- Missouri does go on Monday. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the podcast. We are going to welcome in now our friend Carrington Harrison from 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City. Carrington has uh, he's made some news this week, been involved a little bit. Uh, so we're going to, before we jump into Mizzou talk and Carrington is definitely a uh, knowledgeable guy on Mizzou follows those teams but we're going to do a little bit like we did with Ben Fredrickson a couple weeks ago we talked some blues so now we are going to talk uh, Kansas City Chiefs for a minute with Carrington unfortunately it is not like the blues talk about a uh, (laughs) championship parade Uh, just uh, earlier this week Carrington's program aired the full 11 minute conversation with Tyreek Hill and his, uh, I don't know, fiance, girlfriend, wife, whatever she is these days. But I, it, Carrington, just it, most people have heard it by now that are interested. But kind of, what was your impression when you first heard that? That's a really good question because just going into it, that I had already heard the snippets from KCTV Five, and then just when I first got it and I sat and listened to it, and just the startling revelation of hearing about 2014 for the first time. I mean, Gabe, you covered sports enough to know. There are some things that teams just don't talk about. Mm. And Andy Reid has never really talked about 2014. Tyreek Hill, as a member of the Chiefs, has never talked about 2014. I've never been in a situation to talk to Crystal Espinal about 2014. And just hearing them have an in-depth conversation about the events that took place in 2014 while walking through the airport. I mean, at one point, they're, they're discussing what happened in 2014. And less than 10 seconds later, she asked, are they in business class? Just... <laughs> That part, hearing it for the first time, the shock of it is will is what will always stick out with me in hearing the audio. 
Carrington, you you all were the first to play the full 11 minutes of the recording. Some other parts had been kind of uh, released in snippets by some other media organizations. You talked about um, on the radio having had the the full audio since I think it was like uh, early June. Just what what were all of kind of the the hurdles that that you all had to go through in order to be able to to release the whole thing? Well, basically, once um, once we found out we had it, and I gave it to our boss, it then became the search to try to get it verified from another person. So efforts were made to reach out to the um, to the Johnson County District Attorney. Efforts were made to reach out to the Overland Park Police Department. Um, I went to Tyree Kill's attorney's office to try to get a meeting with him. He wasn't very interested in having a meeting. <laughs> I mean, there were a lot of steps that were made to try to get it authenticated from another source. Sometime early last week, so before the 4th, I'm pretty sure it was Monday or Tuesday. I can't remember exactly which day. I was told that it was sent off to an, to a, uh, an independent investigator, and then once it came back and was um, verified, that we would be able to play it. So I know kind of what you think about this, and, and I think it's pretty similar to what I think, but my, my impression in hearing all that stuff, because, I mean, I'll fully admit, when this stuff first came out, I'm like, this guy's a dirtbag. He did what he did four years ago. This is happening now. Like, uh, whenever, you're going to have to cut him. And I am not on the train that this audio in any way fully exonerated Tyree Kill by any means. But I think we both kind of agree, like, it at least, it cast him in a little bit different light. I don't know if better's the right word, but I feel like we know more about it than we did before you guys played that. Yeah, different is certainly a way that I would put it that I talked about it yesterday, like my internal conflict of I firmly believe listening to the audio and talking to people that were actually at the trial that Tyreek Hill was physically inappropriate that night with Crystal Espinal. Then now the extent of his physical inappropriateness, that's something that I've had to kind of deal with over the last couple of days of just being unsure if he actually punched her. I think when you really read the the police report of what happened just knowing how that you would choke and punch a pregnant woman in the stomach like i can't think of a more horrific thing to do and dealing with the i'm not 100 percent sure if that happened again i'm 100 percent sure that something physically inappropriate happened i just don't know what that is anymore carrington uh you know kind of listening to to the audio and really just throughout the whole thing i think for a lot of people the the predominant feeling has just been you know sadness for the for the kids that are involved you know obviously the the one kid who i think is three years old now and then they the couple just had a a pair of twins you may not know this for sure but does do the chiefs in the nfl i know they have recourse kind of to determine tyreek hill's future are they trying to get involved in any way to, to maybe try to help these kids at all yeah i i wish i had an answer for it. i i i i honestly don't know um i i honestly don't have an answer to that question so this is the last one for me on this because this is, you know, more people are probably listening, even though we got a lot of Chiefs fans, more people are interested in talking Mizzou. But, like, correct me if I'm wrong where we're at here. The NFL is going to rule on Tyreek Hill here pretty soon. He's going to have maybe a suspension, probably not super long. But the point is Tyreek Hill's going to play in the NFL, and if he plays in the NFL, he's going to play for the Kansas City Chiefs this year, right? Yeah, 100%. I think that we've seen the pendulum swing, I would say, in two extremes. I think at the very beginning, a lot of people were the Tyreek Hill, get him off the team, he had his second chance, I don't want him on my team, and were unwilling to listen to the other side. 
I think what we've seen now is maybe a pendulum swing to now Tyreek Hill has become completely innocent, that we were taking calls yesterday, that maybe Crystal hurt herself, and maybe those aren't Tyreek's kids. Like, it's kind of swung in the complete opposite direction. I still think that Tyreek Hill is ultimately going to be suspended for two to four games because I don't know if the NFL can have the image of one of its star players receive a zero-game suspension. Think about it. If Tyreek Hill gets a four-game suspension, that's just a typical NFL suspension that happens every offseason. If he gets a zero-game suspension, that's on Good Morning America. That's on the Today Show. It's a much bigger than an NFL story. And for Roger Goodell, I think the biggest, the, the biggest knock on him since he's been commissioner is he has been very light on crime, especially towards violence against women. I don't know if Roger Goodell wants another headline like that and people writing about it. So I think the easy thing to do is give Tyreek four games or two. All right, I, I lied. I got one more on this. So you're you deal with Chiefs fans every day. I've been a Chiefs fan since since I can remember. Um, when Tyreek got drafted, like I remember saying, I don't want this guy to be good. Like I don't want to cheer for him. And then a few games into his career, he was so good. Like I'm not gonna say I forgot about it, but like it it kind of went. You know, I I cheered when the dude did what he did. So what do you think? How are Chiefs fans going to receive that? I know you're going to have one extreme that's just like, I don't care about any of it. If he makes my football team better, great. You're going to have another extreme that says, I I refuse to support a team that has this guy on it. But what do you think the majority is going to, what's the reception going to be? That's a really good question. Um, what, what I've been kind of saying on the show is, some people, you're right, they have the stance of, this guy plays on my football team and I leave it to my own personal life to legislate morality, and I don't need the Kansas City Chiefs to do so. If that's your stance and you're consistent with it, we might disagree, but I at least respect the consistency in the decision. I think the, I think the majority of people maybe don't like Tyreek Hill the person, but acknowledge that they cannot win the Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill. The Patrick Mahomes is obviously a fantastic football player, and they've got a lot of other really good players on their team. I think you can make a pretty strong argument that if we're taking quarterbacks out of the conversation, Tyreek Hill is the most dynamic offensive player in the NFL. When you think about what he can do special teams-wise, when you think about what he can do running the football, when you think about his like down-the-field ability, there might not be too many football players in the league better than Tyreek Hill. They need him this season. So I think like most entertainers and people that are really good, we are willing to maybe disregard their personal life for their performance. So kind of uh, transitioning more to the uh, to the Mizzou side here, um, you know, Carrington, do you get a sense of what's kind of the buzz level around uh, the Kansas City area for, for Missouri this season, for Missouri's football season? I mean, you know, the, in, this team has a potential maybe to take a step forward from last season, although there, there's maybe not as much of a direct Kansas City tie with, with Drew Locke no longer being the starting quarterback. There's obviously, you know, Kansas City is an area with, with other colleges around. What's uh, What's the buzz level like? That's a really good question. I would say right now it feels like it's in a little bit of a pause to find out what happens with the NCAA. I mean, if, like, let's say that tomorrow they announced that the bowl ban was lifted and that Missouri could compete in the SEC championship and play in a bowl game, I think a lot of Missouri fans would talk themselves into them maybe winning the SEC East. Like, I really think this is a really good Missouri team. No Missouri fan I've talked to has really even entertained that this team's going to be disappointing and win less than eight games. When you look at all the returning talent, you look at Kelly Bryant, you look at their schedule, which is way easier than it was last season. I think this team had the chance to win nine, maybe ten games uh, if you kind of bowl game. We talked to, you know, it's our job every single day. We're, we're following Barry Odom and talking to him on a regular basis. Obviously, you, you guys in your role, you talk to him, but it's, it's a little bit less. Just what's your impression as a uh, member of the media, as a guy that follows this team from a, a little bit of a distance about Barry Odom today versus the guy that took the job over three and a half years ago? 
I was talking to our producer, Brandon Kylie about it, and it's kind of weird when it comes to Barry Odom because I think a lot of our opinions, and I'll say this from like a fan perspective, is kind of wrapped in the game against Kentucky. Like last year, <laughs> if they had beat Kentucky, I think how we feel about Barry Odom is very different, different and not as many people are kind of on the fence the way they are with Barry Odom. I admit, I've had my questions about Barry Odom. I remember for the first, it felt like 20 games of his career. I was like, well, hold on, you coach the defense, and their defense is terrible. What else do you do here? That I kind of had that, and then they missed out on all those recruits a couple years ago. And I'm like, well, hold on, you can't even recruit St. Louis. Like, what are we doing here? Last, in, but I'll give Barry Odom credit for a couple of things. I mean, a lot of teams, when they were when they were 1-5 and five or 1-6, and six, I can't remember which one it was, and then them fighting back to at least get the bowl eligibility was very impressive. Last year they had a good season. It could have been a great season. They had a good season. But the way he's turned things around in recruiting and then getting Kelly Bryant, who Kelly Bryant, that type of recruit normally goes to Auburn. That type of recruit normally goes to another player. For him to convince him to come to Missouri and then give them a chance to be competitive this season, I give Barry Odom a lot of credit. Yeah, we were just kind of joking yesterday about how, uh, you know, it seems like people around the program are almost pinching themselves still about getting Kelly Bryant worried that any day now he may uh, decide to just go to Auburn. But, uh, Carrington, you mentioned uh, you mentioned disclaimer. The... We don't expect that. No, to happen. no, no. Not that we actually <laughs> expect that to happen. Um, Carrington, you mentioned the recruiting and, you know, we, we deal with people who, who follow recruiting really, really closely. And there's some who, who kind of are curious about kind of the lack of uh, Kansas City area prospects versus the number of, of kids that are coming out of St. Louis right now who are getting recruited by Missouri. Do you get a sense? Is there any sensitivity about that in the fan base at large in Kansas City, or is it pretty much just, you know, get get kids who can win? No, I mean, I think it's – oddly enough, I think that if you cheer for Missouri, whether you're on this side of the state or the other side of the state, it's just always been about St. Louis. Like, Kansas City has never really – or Missouri's never really had a problem recruiting in Kansas City, at least not to my understanding. The hurdle has always been recruiting in St. Louis at a consistently high level that I think there was the belief a couple years ago when they had the uh, Tiger 10 that there was this handful of great recruits and a majority of them were in St. Louis and they just missed on so many of them that it was kind of the Missouri fans were just like defeatist by nature. So it was like, oh, here we go again. But I, I, I genuinely give Barry Odom a lot of credit for turning things around. And what went from me being very disappointed to his recruiting to it feels like every time I go on you guys' website and then Friday whenever I read the chamber, being very pleasantly surprised every week about what he's accomplished. Again, talking to Carrington Harrison from 610 Sports in Kansas City for a few more minutes. The other thing on the Kansas City area, like if if you want more guys out of Kansas City to get recruited, they got to turn out better players. There just hadn't been that much talent the last, uh, last couple years out of KC. But I want to flip over to the other program. I know – you're a big basketball guy. Uh, you, you know, you you followed. Uh, I, I mean, you followed him for a long time, but but followed uh, the Porter stuff pretty closely and had some had some intel there. I mean, what's uh, what's your thirty thousand foot view of Conzo Martin and where they're at? I feel like this is the first time that we've seen Conzo Martin's Missouri team. That the first season, it was all under like. It was all put in a microwave in a pressure cooker because everything got accelerated because they got Michael Porter and Jonte Porter to commit. They had to do things that maybe that's not how Conzo would build a program, but they had to do that just to try to maximize Michael's one year. So I kind of give them the free roll on that, and then he got hurt. Last year's team, I mean, once Jonte got injured, we all just knew that last year was going to be very difficult. And I think a lot of a lot of Missouri fans, myself included, 
I kind of overvalued the win against Xavier, and then they finally beat Illinois for the first time, and it was like a really competitive grinded-out game. And I was like, man, maybe this Missouri team's not that bad. Yes, they were that bad. <laughs> and I think we kind of convinced ourselves like they were better last year than they were. But I, I, I'll give Missouri a lot of credit for how they fought last season. But this year, I really like what they've done. Now, again, it could be me kind of overvaluing their talent, but there's no reason this team is not at least on the bubble. I'm not saying they have to make the NCAA tournament or tournament or bust, but this team, there's no reason why heading into March, they're not in a bubble conversation one way or the other. Kind of sticking on the basketball theme, uh, but changing up a little bit. So, you know, obviously a very big uh, point of discussion has, has been the, uh, the FBI investigations and subsequent NCAA investigations into college basketball. And it's no secret that Kansas has been a little bit involved in that. Um, you know, given the uh, NCAA finally coming out with a notice of allegations uh, yesterday and against NC State, do you do you get a sense uh, that, that the Kansas fan base is, is at all concerned about uh, what could potentially sanctions could be coming down the line for them? Or uh, is it pretty much just like, we'll believe it when we see it? I think that sort of passed with KU fans the moment Silvio got eligible. Mm -hmm. There was that fear whenever Silvio was kind of hanging in the balance of what was going to happen. But ever since that, it's just kind of been, I mean, since Silvio got eligible, it's been great news for Kansas that they really turned things around. You got to think Udoka came back, Silvio got there. I mean, aside from R.J. Hampton deciding to go play basketball in New Zealand, it's been really good news for Kansas. So I don't really think KU fans have thought that much about it. And for the Missouri fans listening here who might not follow Carrington on Twitter, like despite all those nice things he just said, he is a professional-level troll of Kansas fans at times on Twitter. So you guys might want to check that out. Uh, it, you know, it, not that not that anyone listening to this objects to that. Uh, I wouldn't say I would call myself a professional troll. <laughs> I would consider myself to be the best troll of Kansas basketball. <laughs> okay. Like, like the, there will be times where sometimes I'll legitimately be bored and I'll just be like, oh, this is a good one. Like, I like, I know how to get them to react every single time. And sometimes it's just, like, sometimes it just amuses me because what I don't like about KU fans is, I mean, KU is the best team locally. Like, we can all establish that. Like, they throw rocks at us all the time. Why can't we throw rocks back sometimes, too? You don't know how many times I've been told about Norfolk State or Michael Porter's back. I've been told those a million times. I say one joke and then Twitter crashes. I don't understand. <laughs> well, it's very entertaining. I, I enjoy it. I just wanted to get that out there. Carrington, uh, you know, obviously you like, you follow Kansas as, you know, part of your job. And, and uh, you know, we mentioned the Chiefs, the the Royals sometimes are relevant in Kansas City. You, you have a lot it's of responsibilities. Sometimes. No, you're right. Sometimes. Uh, you know, I, I'm just curious, you know, as a someone who, whose, you know, job is to, to follow that many teams and kind of, you know, present these informed opinions every day, how, how difficult is it for you to just kind of – keep up with with all these different teams and make sure that you know you're you're saying something that's that's up to date and not you know going to get you in trouble like we've seen kind of with another radio personality in Kansas City <laughs> how difficult is that um that's a good question um I guess to answer the second part I mean I I just kind of think that it's 2019 and we all live in America that I mean you might disagree with politically correctness and what the rules are but we all know what the rules are like it's not like if you tweet something, we don't know how people will respond when we tweet it. So that part, you just like you just have to adjust to the times. Like there were certain things you could say in 2011 and certain jokes you can make in 2011 that you can't make in 2019. And again, you might disagree with the rules, but I think we all have an understanding of what the rules are. Um, when it comes to the teams, I just I just like watching sports, you know. So that part just makes it a lot easier, you know. Um, 
and then, I mean, like anybody, I mean, I don't watch every single Kansas basketball game. Like, I'm not really interested in watching them play Washburn in November. Like, they're going to win by a million points. I'm just not really that interested in watching it. I don't watch every Royals game. You think I'm at the stand side on July and watch the Royals on a Friday or Saturday night get smoked 11-2 by the Tigers? That, doesn't, that sounds awful. All right, well, Carrington, appreciate all the time, man. Just just one last thing. Uh, whenever training camp starts up, up and you see Patrick Mahomes, can you give him a hug for me? <laughs> I will absolutely do so. I actually think that we'll get a chance to interview Mahomes before the season. You should just come and I, you, you like meet him in person. Oh uh, No, I, it, I would be the most <laughs> unprofessional person ever if I met Patrick Mahomes in person. That would be bad for everyone involved. I actually got to tell you a really quick story about Mahomes. Yeah. The first time that I ever met Mahomes in a social setting, it was New Year's Eve, and we were both at this same party, and I met this girl, and her table was right next to Mahomes' table. And Mahomes got up, and the girl I was talking to was, like, staring at Mahomes the whole time. And I noticed what she was doing, and every time I see her, I call Patrick Mahomes her boyfriend. Well, I, and look, if you're going to lose a girl to somebody at a New Year's Eve party, like, hey, that's all right. <laughs> that's what Gabe's wife also no, I mean, calls him Patrick I mean, Mahomes' boyfriend. Yes. But then, though. No. But then it was funny because he wasn't really Mahomes yet. Like, it was after the Denver game, and he played okay. Now I would really understand. Back then, like, 5% of me was 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 a little upset by it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. I know you got a show to do. And uh, hey, hey, real quick, anybody that hasn't heard the Tyreek stuff, like, that's still on your guys' website, right? Yeah, correct. 610sports.com. You can find it on there. All right. Thanks a lot, Carrington. We'll talk to you, man. Thanks, Carrington. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Carrington Harrison, 610 Sports. And, and like – Look, I know I'm a Chiefs fan. There's people listening to this not that interested, but Tyreek Hill's a national story, kind of like the Blues were. So I, I figured it's worth talking about. We're interested in it, I think, mostly from the perspective of I still don't really understand how you have that tape and play half of it. Yeah. But, you know. Right. Yeah. No, there's definitely some some journalistic questions into the whole process and, and who had what and, and what some of these, you know, reports were based upon. But, uh, yeah, I think we're finally nearing an end to that saga. Yeah, I'm sure as interested as everybody would be in listening to us talk about journalistic ethics for the Probably next 15 not. minutes, yeah. we'll uh, we'll go ahead and cut that off and remind you real quick to uh, to hit up Shakespeare's phone, internet, walk in, whatever you want to do, eight or more pizzas, you're going to get a nice discount, about 15% off your order. So do that. Um, I you know, you can actually just this weekend, you can get it uncooked and just set it out on your porch for a couple hours <laughs> and then it'll be ready to go for you by dinner time. Uh, but Mitch, Sunday, Sunday sometime, you are flying to Birmingham, Alabama. Um, Media Days is like it's it's newsworthy in the fact that, hey, we officially get to talk about football and football season is here and the SEC does a great job of making a huge deal out of this, but Eh, you know it's yeah considering how little like substance comes out of it it's really overblown but at the same time it's like exciting for everyone because it's that we're finally kind of like back it's like all right now i have some you know actual people i can interview to to write you know stories about this football team that we haven't caught up with in a long time so yeah i mean it'll be interesting i don't know you know other than just a few tying up some some you know lingering questions like maybe trey williams status we might get a depth chart i don't know what hard news necessarily comes out of it but it's a chance to you know hear kelly bryant face the uh the army of crazies that, that comes along with sec media days and maybe write a profile or two so well and that's the interesting thing that sec media days i was talking about this earlier doing a radio interview like for 
everybody else on Missouri's day, the story is going to be Kelly Bryant. Tell us about how the situation when you left Clemson and your relationship with Dabo and why in the world did you choose Missouri? Mm -hmm. For the people who cover Missouri, like, we've all written that. Like, we don't care. Whatever the main story is about your team, the people who cover that team every day don't care because we've all done that. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's. I'm. I'm almost just curious more than anything, just how he, uh, how he handles the masses, because we know, especially Missouri's the first team, so you know, like, you know, all these people who are coming in with, like, you know, the grand idea of of doing this wacky feature or whatever, aren't going to be worn out or chased off yet. <laughs> right. So, like, and, like, yeah, last when, year Mizzou was on the third day, and we still got questions about like a hundred horse-sized ducks or a yes. duck-sized horse. So when Touchdown Alabama stands up and says. Kelly, why the hell did you go to Mizzou? Yeah. You know, but I mean, look, this is a kid who he started a college football playoff game. I have a hard time believing he's going to be phased no, by anything yeah, he's, he's going to I mean, phase. he's been fine, you know, every time he's faced the local media. I'm sure he'll be fine. I'm just, I just really am kind of curious to, uh, to take in that scene. Yeah. And then uh, the other two guys that are going to be down there for Missouri are Demarcus AC and, uh, and Kale Garrett. So, We'll have some stuff from that next week, um, and then we'll have, uh, what, I don't know, two and a half weeks or so till fall camp starts. We'll get an actual depth yeah. chart probably. Yep, should get a depth chart. And uh, it, it, the one thing I'm interested to see, Missouri is still, right now, two over the scholarship limit. Yeah. So whether that is, guys, still, it seems late in the game for me to, for somebody to transfer. So I think maybe the most likely thing is walk-ons who have gone on scholarship just kind of aren't going to have one this semester. Yeah, but maybe like a medical retirement. Yeah, they, there's got to be a way to get a couple guys off scholarship that are on scholarship. So that's one thing that could potentially come out of it. We'll have plenty of time to, uh, you know, we're going to have Bill Connolly on next week and, and talk about the season and all that. Well, I will. You will be off. Uh, uh, not yet. No, I, well, yeah, no, I will still be here next Thursday. That'll, that'll be my last day in America before I go to Asia. So, okay, okay. Exciting stuff. So, yeah, Mitch gets to go watch his sister swim in South Korea for a final uh, pre-football season uh, vacation. Yeah. And then no vacation till I don't know, whenever basketball's done, whenever yeah. that might be. March, maybe. April, March, pro- March-ish. Yeah. April. If it's it. April, there are going to be a lot of happy people listening to this yeah. podcast. Uh, I don't know. NIT championship might be around. There's going to be a lot of people ordering eight Shakespeare's pizza on a Monday night in April. Uh, that will also be opening day of the whatever 2020 baseball season. And so that ties into our every week we do the how many can you name. And uh, this week the suggestion was how many Major League Baseball All-Stars can we name. I will be honest, I wasn't probably going to watch the All-Star game anyway. I intentionally did not watch it because I thought if I watch it, then I'm just going to know a bunch of these guys, and that would be kind of cheating. It is – I haven't watched a Major League Baseball game in three months. Yeah, that's impressive. I I did not watch the All-Star game because I just wasn't planning on it and didn't have any interest to. So I don't think – well, yeah, we may not do great at this. I feel like a lot of mine, though, are going to be just like high percentage guesses. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to start. I know right. Justin Verlander was a starting pitcher. Yep, so. yep, Verlander. I actually know that the other pitcher was Ryu from the Dodgers, but I can't say his name, so I'm okay. not, not going to try. But you, that, you know who I'm talking you, about. Yeah, I mean, you're going to South Korea in like two weeks. You should you should be a little more. <laughs> you should be you're going to have trouble communicating, I think. Yeah. Uh, um, I know Carlos Santana was in the All-Star game. Okay, okay. I know Max Scherzer was an All-Star. I, yes. I think he participated in the game. He did. Okay. Uh, he, I I can go with the hometown i know whit merrifield made it yeah i know paul DeYoung made it because i still follow a lot of cardinals people that was actually one of the ones i knew i saw a picture of mike moustakas so i think he made it okay okay 
Uh, let's think of other good baseball players out there. Um, I mean, Mike Trout the, clearly was yeah, an all-star, right? Mike, Mike Trout, I'm sure, made it. Uh, Aaron Judge, did he make it? I or have is, absolutely is no idea. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember hearing his name in the last few okay, days. Well, that's then maybe he didn't. That would be surprising. Uh, what uh, about what about a uh, Pete Alonso from the yeah, Mets? Yeah, I know yeah, he was yeah, in the yeah. home run derby. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, uh, do you, do you have to be an all star to be in the home I run derby? Think so. I mean, I don't. Was yeah. Vlad Jr. A, an all star? So. I don't think maybe so not. because he only had eight home runs. Hmm, yeah, but I think uh, Pete Alonso made it. I know. Uh, I believe Baez uh, from the Cubs. Javier Baez was. I have some Cub friends. They've been. Talking about okay. Baez, that's exciting. Not uh, Addison Russell, though, I don't think. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, like, I'm out. I know there was a middle reliever from the Brewers. Yeah. I don't know I his first you, uh, or last name. I bet you Nolan Arenado made it. He's, a, he's yeah, an he's, all-star he's, type of guy. He's a staple for the yeah. Rockies. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like Yadier Molina usually makes it, but I have I don't no think idea he if he did. This year. He was I don't too think busy so. cursing I think, people I think, <laughs> out on Instagram. <laughs> At least it wasn't me this time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Wait, Yachty has cursed you out not on exactly. Instagram or just in person? Uh, well, he's, he's, it was not directed as me as much as it was directed at his manager, but it was the a story I wrote was the the picture. I was very heavily involved. It was a very controversial. Oh, time was that in my when Matheny got yelled at by Mike Matheny? Said something yeah. along the lines of like he had it on cruise control or something like that. Uh, he, he said he, he basically said he got tired. He gets tired like oh, everyone right. else. Um, there you go. Yeah. So direct your Cardinals exciting. anger to Mitchell Forty. Not anymore. I, that was this. This is an old beef. We don't even have that manager anymore. So <laughs> we are uh, we are clearly out of Major League <laughs> Baseball All Stars. Yeah. And I think what we've learned from this how many can you name thing over the last few weeks, and we may continue it into the season when we actually have more to talk about. I don't know. We'll see. But like what we've learned is, I wonder if people listen to this podcast and go. Do you guys like even watch sports? Yeah, I don't. I, I think they just might think we're really dumb in general. But we like to pick topics that we're not going to know right. a ton of. Right, like That's naming SEC football players would be that'd be too easy. But the truth is, and like I think I said this in our mailbag, I think I watch less sports than probably oh. anybody who reads anything I write. Yeah, oh, definitely than almost every subscriber to our website. I mean. Yeah, and if you are not a subscriber to your website, we should have told you 27 minutes ago. Turn this off. You're not allowed to listen. That's true. Yes, or until order you a billion Shakespeare's pizzas to make up for it. <laughs> true. Yes. Yes. Uh, have a Shakespeare's party. Email us the receipt, and we will allow you to listen to next week's podcast with uh, Bill Connolly, who is a Mizzou guy, lives in Columbia, but now working for ESPN. Um, I don't know. The only other thing going on, Peach Jam started, and for the first time in three or four years, neither of us is there because uh, paying a lot of money to be told you can't interview people by Nike personnel is just not a good use of it. Yeah, it's not the best. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad glad we're not there this year. You know, we caught up with the kids once already in Indy. The coaches are there, if you're wondering what yes. the basketball coaches are up to. Uh, that's really all I have to say they're, about that. They're texting while sitting courtside at AAU yeah, games. People, if, really, that is always hilarious when people it, see the coaches who come to the games like, oh, he just looked like he didn't pay any attention. They like, don't yeah, Trust me, they don't watch. They're just there for appearances. Yeah, they are there so that the kids can say they were there. Yeah. And, and that's it. So, uh, so yeah, next Monday, Media Days, uh, we are only going to be there. Uh, Mitch is only going to be there for the Missouri Day because, frankly, if you want to read about Georgia or Florida or whoever, like other people do that better than we can do it by covering a 15-minute press conference. So uh, we'll be down there on Monday, and uh, we'll be back here next Thursday. So thanks for listening, and thanks to Carrington Harrison. Call Shakespeare's. I think that's uh, everything we need to do.